take our Bibles and go into the book of 1 Corinthians. I appreciate what God is doing. I appreciate tonight the Lord's hand. This is Father's Day. We preached a little bit on Father's Day about Joshua and I guess his, his um, means of standing for the truth. And so forth. we thank God for that. But tonight... I want to pick up with a little bit more on this since it's Father's Day. We'll stay one time with this and then we'll skip back to something else. Last Sunday night I preached on the role, the biblical role of the woman. Tonight I'm going to preach on the biblical role of the man. The biblical role. Not what everybody thinks. What I'm preaching tonight will not be popular in most churches. And uh, matter of fact, most preachers won't preach it. They're scared to. And some of them don't even know enough about it to preach it. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible says tonight. I've got the book. I believe it's right. I've got the guidebook tonight. I believe it's right. I believe it's the Word of God. If God says it's in there, then we need to preach it. I believe all the Bible needs to be preached. I believe God wrote all the Bible for all men. I believe it's all inspired. I don't believe a verse here and a verse there is inspired. I believe all of it's inspired. Amen. So if it's inspired, I've got the authority to preach it. Amen. I don't have to ask anybody, can I preach it? And I'm not going to have to ask anybody tonight, is it right? Because it's right. Amen. And I appreciate that. So we're going to the book of 1 Corinthians tonight. And we're going to the 11th chapter. We'll be just about everywhere. I want to preach on tonight the biblical role of the man. Coming back later, I'm going to preach on uh, the biblical role of the husband. I'm going to come back and preach on, the not tonight, but the biblical rule or biblical role of the uh, father. Amen. And the biblical role of the man in the church. What's his role in the church? And we'll, we'll overlap some of that. But I can't preach it all at one time. So I'm having to spare you tonight. Amen. So we can get out of here. But I want to give you enough to, amen, I don't feel your saucer while you're here. Some of you brought a small one. And the rest of you may have slipped a plate in. I hope I can give you enough in there to keep on with it. Amen. So I'll try my best to give you a little saucer full and we'll go home. The first the book of the Bible said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to start reading tonight and uh, let's look at verse number uh, 3, if you will. I read this last Sunday night, but I'll read it again tonight because it not only applies to the woman, it applies to the man as well. The Bible said, but I would have you to know. That the head of every man, that the head of every man is Christ. Now this uh, is associated with all you men tonight. Amen. You say, we don't have many men to preach here. Well, amen. I got some on the internet be listening. Praise God. They can't slap me. Amen. They can't. I I think about that. We picked up and I noticed that we're getting a lot of people in Singapore and the United, or the UK, amen, the United Kingdom. That's the ones that's overseas that's listening to most of it, on, of the sermons that we preach uh, across the country, all over America, and I appreciate that. So, hey, somebody's going to hear it. And if you don't want to hear it, just sit there and tend to your business. Amen, I'll preach. How about that? 1 Corinthians eleven three again, but I would have you to know... That the head of every man. I like that. Amen. He said every man. Amen. Amen. That's a dim I guess it thinks they ain't a man. Amen. If it's born a man, they're still a man. I don't care how many sex changes they have and how many ideas they think they're something else. I don't care how many effeminate they are. But the head of every man is Christ. And I realize tonight he's talking to the believers too as well. And we'll not get into that part. But it said, but I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man 
and the head of Christ is God. You said, well, he is the head. No, Christ ain't the head of every person on the earth because amen, he is literally, amen, spiritually, but until they're saved, he's not in control of them. You with me? Amen. All right. So we read that tonight. Now we'll look at this. I want you to pay attention to it. The Bible said, and I'm talking to you men tonight, the head of every man is Christ. Amen. I'm glad he is. So if he's the head of every man, then we ought to give our whole 100% devotion to the head. Amen. Now we need to pay attention to that. Now the head of man is not the woman. Now I'm preaching this tonight to men but I'm preaching to the women too at the sense because when I preach it to the men, I want the women to see what God said about the men. Yeah. And when I'm preaching to the women, I want, uh, I want the men to see what God says about the women. Yeah. Amen, we learn. If we just learn our respective roles in life and uh, the biblical rule of our lives in the Word of God, our churches will operate and they'll operate correctly. They'll be blessed. Amen. And I believe God will honor. I don't believe we step out of line with any of this tonight that the Spirit of God will take charge and take control. Our church will be upside down. It'll be out of order. Amen. So many churches are. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Now we look at this. I want us to look at verse number 4. He said every. Man, isn't it amazing God putting that in there? Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Now prophesying is not always preaching. It's testifying and telling forth what God has done for you. I don't Just because you prophesy a little bit don't mean you're a prophet. Now by the way, fellas, don't get the idea of thinking that you're a prophet at the house. Amen. Be careful. Now, I don't believe, and I'm preaching this tonight, that when I'm saying that a man is the head of the house and the Christ is the head of the man, I'm not saying tonight that men ought to take liberalities and, and uh, freedoms tonight and uh, put themselves in a place that they want to control and that they want to be a lord over the wife. God never made it that way. You'll see that before I get through with all this uh, in a period of time, uh, I believe uh, if the man and the husband, uh, the man and the wife tonight are in a, in harmony and in accord with the Bible, they'll have a smooth home, be a wonderful place to raise children. And if either one of them steps out of line, you're going to have problems with the children, and you're going to have problems with the home, and you're going to have problems with the husband and the wife. Now, if you want it to run smooth tonight. Just get in the line of where the Word is and let the Word take care of you. If the man is, is where he needs to be, I believe he'll be the one that leads and directs, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But it said here, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Amen. I don't wear a hat. Some of y'all do. I don't wear a hat. I don't want to dishonor my head. The reason I wear a hat every once in a while it's just occasions is to keep the sun out of my eyes and keep my bald head from getting red and burning and peeling. So I wear a hat in the sun. But the Bible said, while I'm wearing a hat, I'm dishonoring my head. Now it didn't say it's a sin. It said it was dishonoring my head. Amen. God wants you to, amen, stand and, and be counted and let people see you. Amen. And uh, a man. Now, don't say that with the same thing for the lady. We'll look at that in just a minute. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth, now, if a man's praying and prophesied, having his head covered, he dishonors his head. But here's a point of view tonight from the Word of God that most of you ladies don't recognize. You remember the old fashioned days? I know Brother Burl does. When the ladies come in the house and most of the. Women in the church had on little hats. Amen. We reckon why they wore them. Was that just to show off? Do you think that was just a, hey, look here, I've got myself a hat. Amen. 
But let's look at it. He said, but every woman that prayeth or prophesieth, prophesieth, that's the same thing he said about the men. With her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. I don't mean tonight that she's sinning against God. It just means that she is dishonoring herself. Amen. Amen. And you ladies don't like to wear hats. You might want to think about that. And you may not want to do it. Amen. And I'm not here telling you ought to do it. I'm just telling you in the Word of God, and I, I've got Bible on what I say and what, what you think. I don't know where you got any Bible on that or not, unless it's a different version. Amen. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. Just a couple of days ago, I was sitting in a restaurant. Two men came in. They had their little caps on their head where they'd been working in the sun. And they got their food, got their tray, and took it over and set it down to the table and pushed it over the side. And then uh, they was going to bless their food. And I saw one pull his hat off and the other pull his hat off. And one blessed the food. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I see men don't pay no attention to it and just go ahead. Amen. I wouldn't want to honor. I mean, you can't honor God with a hat, with a hat on your head while you're praying, men. Amen. I didn't write this. I didn't make it up. It's there. Amen. I just don't wear a hat and I don't have to pull it off. But I went to a, a, a place... They've called me to a, uh, what is it they call it, a jury. I got called to jury duty. I despise jury duty. Don't like it. Never been comfortable with it. Got hung on a murder trial for 10 days. Lord have mercy. What a mess. I try to get out of them every time I can. But I'm sitting on that jury trial. And there's a fella come in when they was picking the jury. He just come walking in with an old hat on his head. Went over there and sat down in the crowd. And uh, so in a few minutes, uh, the judge just stopped the court. And he said, fella, pull your hat off your head. You're in a courtroom. And that fella took his hat off his head and he went on. Now I've been there before when they've done that before. Before the judge has said to the bailiff, bailiff, he called him up to the front, he goes up and talks, and then I see the bailiff walk back to the back and go to that person and say something to him. And he takes his hat off. Now, if they can do that in the court of law, we ought to honor this. And Where do you think they get that stuff? You think that's just something the judge likes? Amen. It's a place of respect. I'd do the same thing to you men if you come in here Sunday with a with a sombrero or something on your head and a whole hat. Sometimes I don't, and I, I'm 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 real strong about. It. I don't think you ought to take one step inside that door with a hat on. You ought to take it off before you come in the door. That's pretty tough, but that's what you ought to do. Amen. Now, you ladies, if you're going to wear a hat, help yourself hat at it. Amen. Just enjoy. Don't bother a thing. Now, I don't mean you ought to go to Walmart this week and buy you a hat because the preacher said so. I didn't say so. Don't go out and lie on me. But I'll tell you right now, if you want to honor God, God likes a woman's head covered. And he said, if you ain't going to cover your head, might as well just shore it off. Take it off. Get you a pair of them zip clippers and boom, Now you said that don't look too becoming a woman. That's right. But most of you got halfway there now. Somebody said, I don't like that kind of preaching. That's all right. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, cause you any trouble with it. Amen. My wife for years and years, she'd, She'd say, I've got to have the dead ends clipped. Some of you ladies probably have sung that song for many times. And she'd go get her hair fixed. And a few times she had it a little long down toward her shoulders. And, 
And I always liked her hair long. I like long hair on any lady. Amen. Amen. It's just becoming of ladies. You know why you ladies want to keep cutting it a little bit shorter? We're living in a masculine world that women are trying to be masculine. And you're just a little bit, you say, I don't think that. Well, I don't care whether you think it or not. Either one or two things. You're lazy and don't want to keep it up. Or you want to be more masculine and you're trying to follow what the world says. I'm not going by what the world says. Now, I can give, get into this in a minute. You said, preacher, I didn't know you was going to get into all this. And that. Well, amen, you're here. <laughs> and I'm not going to back off of it. I'm not going to preach anything that's not the Scripture. If you improve what I'm telling you is wrong tonight, we'll talk about it. But I'm going to stay with the Bible. That's what's happening. See, we have thrown most of this book away tonight, and we're operating our lives without this book. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so we need to get back to it. So anyhow, my wife would say to me, I'm going to get the dead ends. I thought her hair died so much. She had to cut the dead ends off. If you ever growed out a little bit, she cut the dead ends off. And then she kind of got messed up with her mind, with the dementia and so forth coming along. And she said, and right before, this is probably in the last six months of her life, she said, I'm letting my hair, and everybody said something about, you're letting your hair grow. Yeah, Dennis likes long hair, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow it out for him. And I would say to her, honey, it's, I don't want you to grow your hair out for me. I want you to do it for the Lord. It's not me that you're trying to please. It's, it's the Lord. Amen. And I wouldn't argue with you ladies tonight if you want to shave it off. I just don't think it'd be godly and right. Don't profess holiness. <coughs> Amen. Amen. And uh, some, I'm just saying these things in the Word of God. But look what he says. In verse 6 it says, For if the woman be not covered... Let her also be shorn, just shave it off. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. Now, I'm not going to speak too much on that because I'll be back on this subject later. So just brace yourself and remember I'm coming back here. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. Am I reading this incorrectly? Uh, do you see what he's saying? Amen. Uh, I, I, like I say, I wear a hat every once in a while when I'm going to be in the hot sun and I don't want my uh, bald head to blister. Amen. So it says, uh, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. Now he's telling us why. We men are the image of God. And not only the image, but the glory of God. Now he ain't said that about the woman. He's going to tell you something different about that tonight. See, preachers don't preach what I'm preaching. That's the reason when I preach it, it looks foreign. And it looks scary. And it looks dangerous. And some of you already got me right at the place of a false prophet. And I'm preaching the Bible straight. Amen. So he's saying tonight, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But notice he's got an addition to that verse. But the woman is the glory of the man. Now have you got this right, fellas? You're the glory of God. The man is the glory of God and the woman is the glory of the man. Ladies, you didn't really realize that, did you? Just think about it. Some of you have been there all your life and you saw it, but some people don't. If I preach this out on the street tomorrow, they'd hang me. They would. Amen. That's going out over the web. But I'm going to tell you, Brother God has laid it out. In the line. And when we step out of it, and you say, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I want to. That's the wrong attitude for a man or a woman. Amen. Amen. 
When God puts something in the Word and I have my own idea about it and I may do what I want to do, but the Holy Spirit has already showed you. If you don't know, you don't know. If you've never heard, you've never heard. You may have read it a hundred times, but you didn't understand it. But when the man of God preaches it and the Spirit of God drives it home, then you've got to deal with what is there. So you've got to remember this one thing tonight, that a man is the glory of God. And a woman is the glory of the man. Amen. Because see, God didn't make the man for the woman. And he made the woman for the man. All right. Stay with me and don't die. We'll get through with this in a little while. I'll get tired. You can count on it. I'm an old man. And so I'll have to shut up eventually. So until we get there, you'll just have to put up and tolerate it. So he says in verse number 7, again, I'm going to read it. It might not have sunk in a moment ago. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head. For as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. He didn't say that the woman was the image of man because we're all made in the image of God. I wanted to put that in there for you. You ladies are made of the image of God too, in a sense. But now we look at what he says in verse 8. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. You remember your heritage, ladies. Where you, where'd you come from? We talked about that last week. You come from out under the side of Adam. From a rib of Adam, if you will. Now we'll go down to verse 9. Neither was the man created for the woman. But the woman, uh, but the woman for the man. You remember, God didn't say, Eve, you're lonely. You don't have a companion. So I'm going to put Adam to sleep and uh, get a rib out of him, or I'm going to put you to sleep and get a rib out of you, and I'm going to make man. God didn't say that. He said, Adam, you're lonely, or whatever he said. And he says, I'm going to... Make your wife. I don't know how the conversation went with them, if there was one. And uh, anyhow, I'm just saying this. God put a deep sleep upon Adam. He took a rib. He made a woman. And he brought her to him and said, said, this will be bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. Ye shall be one, he told them. Right? And he joined them together and he said, now, what God's put together, don't let no man take them apart. Amen. So he put that there. So we're looking at what God said. Now, I'm going to skip down just a little bit. I will read it as I go because I want to show you something else. For this cause, verse 10, ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. There's something right there I want to bring out, but not tonight. I'm going to bring it out when I'm talking to the ladies. Verse 11 said, Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. I'll talk about that later. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. Well, I'll just go on and skip on down to verse number 14. God said to woman, he's talking about her hair, amen, and we read before some places, and it talks about her heads to be covered. And God expected, he put hair on your head, ladies, to cover your head. And expect you want to put a hat on you and hip yourself with it. But now God has laid an order for men. Look at verse 14. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto Didn't say it's a sin, said it's a shame. I seen a fellow... Yesterday I was driving through town and he went over and punched the little buttons in town uh, over there so them little lights would come on so the traffic could stop and get across. Well, I looked and first thing I seen was a head of hair way up here and I said to myself, that lady wants to get across the road. 
And I stopped and when that lady went by, I found out that lady wasn't a lady. It was a he instead of a she. And I, and I mean, there they went. But the Bible said that not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. There's anything, that may not bother you a bit, is to go somewhere and you're watching two walk down the street and here's one with big long hair, a man. Look around, he's got a big beard on the front and long hair way down there. Or maybe he's got a ponytail. You ever seen, I've seen some that have ponytails. And there they are. And the woman's got her hair cut down real short. And I'm saying they just something to me, I can't figure it out, they just something to me is wrong about this picture. Maybe they ought to get up in the morning look in the mirror at each other and figure out what they are. Maybe somebody ought to write them a letter. Maybe they go to a church like this and then I could tell them. Amen. And if you walked up to one and said, Fella, you know your long hair is a shame unto God. It's a shame unto man or shame unto you. It's a shame. It's a shame you walk out in public like that. Amen. It's a shame for a woman to go out like that. And a shame for a man to go out like that. The way the Bible teaches here. And they go against it. She said, all right, preacher. Ain't it about time you got to another point? Yep. I see the fountain drying up on this. And I'll be back to this subject. I just do a little bit at a time. But we're coming back to it. Soon. I don't like that kind of preacher. I thought you were going to preach to me. And I am. Let me talk about a man has got priorities. Let me tell you what they are. Jot these down in case you didn't know it. You said, I ain't so sure I know about their priorities. I ain't so sure most men know what their priorities are. Yeah. Jot them down or at least put them in that memory of yours and think about it at once. Well, number one, a priority of a man, top priority, ought to be to love God. Amen. Now I'm talking to men who are born again. I'm not talking to lost men. Top priority for lost men is to be saved. But once a man's saved by the grace of God, his top priority is to love God with all his heart, all his soul, all his mind, and all his strength. And nothing else, amen, will be above that. Amen. And then the second thing is, the Bible teaches us that a man that loves God ought to live for God. That would be your second priority tonight, fellas. Love God, live for God. If you love Him with all your heart, you won't have no problem living for God. You'll stay out of the hell holes. You'll have good attitudes. You'll have what you need to go and prosper in this world of sin. Amen. The third thing, I'll give it like this, not only uh, to love God and live for God, but the next thing, and I believe it's right at the level where God wants it, is to love your wife. I'm going to preach on that soon. But that's the third priority. Now, you may, you may put them in different orders than what I'm putting them in tonight, but they'll all fit. They all got to be done. Number one, love God. Number two, live for God. Number three, love your wife. Number four, love your children. If a man loves God and loves his, and loves and gets to living for God and loving his wife and loving his children, he won't be off down yonder at some hellhole chasing some other woman. Amen. He'll come home every night to his family. Amen. The wife won't have to wonder where he's at tonight. Amen. And you, if you love your wife like you ought to, you won't be a beating on her. You won't be misusing her. Amen. Now I'm stepping off line a little bit because I'll come back and repeat some of this. On the month. It won't hurt nothing. It needs to be repeated. It needs to be repeated all over the world. Then I believe tonight if he loves God and lives for God and loves his wife and loves his children, I believe the next thing he'll do is love the church. 
That's an institution of God. Somebody said, my husband loves the church, but he don't love me. He's got his priorities wrong. How can you love the church if you don't love God? How can you love your wife if you don't love God? How can you love the church if you don't love God and love the church? I mean, love the wife. How can you love the church if you don't love God and love your wife and love the children? Praise God, you don't have to love the dog, but you have to tolerate him probably. Amen. I ain't got no Bible tonight on loving the dog. You got one, love it. That's why I get tired of hearing mamas and daddies and husbands and wives and men and women say, This is my baby. Lord have mercy. I've been kissed by dogs a few times in my life. It ain't because I wanted to kiss them. It's because I, when I'm not looking, one jumped up in my lap and gone. And that's been most of the time because I've been at somebody's house, got one of them living in there with them. Amen. All my hound dogs never kissed me. I didn't get down close enough for them to kiss me. Dog's breath stinks anyhow. Say amen right there. All right. I didn't know I was going to get on that either, but that didn't, I didn't charge you nothing. All right. How in the world can you love the church if you don't love them? Then another priority, and I believe you can put it back up to the front if you want to, because if you don't love God, you won't, uh, you, you won't ha- have a love for this. And if you love God, you'll have a love for it. And that is, and I'm putting it up there, you'll have a love for the Word of God. Amen. Now you can put that close to the top if you want to, uh, but I just rearranged it to this. and uh, There will be a love for God. There will be a love for the Bible. Amen. And then I believe you'll have a love for the study of the Word of God. Then I believe tonight you'll have a love for prayer. Somebody asked me this morning, and we was talking about it, and the lady said to me, said, uh, she prayed, and then she, or, then she studied her Bible. Which one did you do? I said, well, I've never been able uh, to come out clear and tell you that you ought to pray first and then read your Bible for uh, second. I've never told anybody that. I'll tell you what you do. Ever how you feel when you get down to business with God in the Word, read the Bible, and it'll make you pray. But if you don't want to do that first and you feel like praying, sometimes I feel like praying, Brother Burrow, before I read. And sometimes I feel like reading before I pray. But it don't make no difference. Just do one of them and get started. Because if you just think about it a while, you'll just keep on thinking about it and you won't know anything. You pray and it won't be long. You'll be reading the Bible or you'll be reading the Bible and it won't be long until you start praying. Is that simple enough? And I believe it's right. Looking at those things. You see, I believe today, and I read something the other day, some statistic, I don't know what it was, now I've forgotten it. I, I, forget, I forget more than I learn. Amen. Amen. I, I ain't the only problem. I ain't the only one in here does do, am I? You do it too, don't you? I, I mean, I'm telling you, you can ask me something, and I know it just as plain as... A, Nose on my face, and I sit there and think, well, just hang on a minute. I'll get... It's a senior moment, but I've had senior moments for 70 years. Over. I had senior moments when I was 20. You can call them what you want to, but now I will say that they're more advanced and they hang on longer now. Amen. I know some of y'all have been asked to. Something and you'll say, well, I know, I know, I'll tell you, I know. And you, you work all day about it. And the next thing you know, uh, all of a sudden, bang. The light comes on and you remember the name. You say, how in the world did I forget that name? I know that name well. Amen. Light comes on. So I, I look at this thing and I heard the statistics and it said that more women, it talked about the women who were single parents. Our nation's filled with single parents and of women. And it's filled with single parents of husbands, men. Men are raising their children. Women are raising their children. 
And now we've come to the place that two women run the family and raise children. And now they have two women or two men raising children and adopt children or from a previous marriage or something. And I've even read in our society today that we have two men and a woman or two women and a man raising children. Amen. And we've come to that place. Well, I want to tell you, no wonder our children don't know what to do and they're confused. And not only that, but we've got a, a place, and it started off this way, where the children have two sets or four sets of grandparents. Amen. And they're called stepchildren sometimes to one, the other, and there's so much division of stepchildren. A mama's got a, a three kids, and the daddy's got four kids, and they put them together, and they have problems. Now I'm preaching all this tonight for you widows in case y'all marry again. I'm trying to set the door for you to figure out what's going on. Amen. So some of you ladies said, don't look at me. Well, amen, I'm telling you what the Bible says. I wish somebody to preach all this tonight, what I'm hearing when I was young. I do thank God that God put the glue of glory down in our marriage and kept me and my wife together. It was a rough course, but somebody didn't tell me what I'm preaching tonight, and I wish I'd have known what I know tonight when I was 30 years old. Amen. Amen. Got a lot of men that won't take the rightful place in the church, I mean in the home, because... One thing, the woman won't let them. Another reason is because they're just what I want to call, and I'll say it, wimps. We got a lot of men that are effeminate. You know what men are that's effeminate? They're sissified. That's what I call them. I mean, they walk like they're going to break. You know how a woman walks. They walk and talk like a man, and uh, they got a little shrill voice, you know, amen. I'm glad I've been a preacher because I sound like a man, amen. amen. And if I didn't, I'd stand before the mirror, and I'd practice a while, amen, amen, amen. I'd get it right. Yeah, my daddy did, he did, amen, that's right. You with me tonight? I'm, I'm in the book. I ain't got nowhere much to go in it yet. But you know what the job of the man is? They need a, I mean, he's to take care of the home. God needs a man and a woman. Every child needs a man and a woman. A daddy and a mother. And I'm not, let me just back up a little bit. Don't just need a man and a woman because a lot of them's got a man in the shack up. And that can be a man and a woman. But God wants a husband and a wife to raise children. And I told you last week that the man, he thinks from his head and the wife from the heart. And God wants the head and the heart to raise the kids so they'll know what to do. Mama has her way with the kids. And daddy has his way with the kids. And brother, I want you to know if they're in the right priorities and doing it right, they'll raise some kids tonight that cannot be backed down. They'll raise some kids tonight that will not fail. They'll raise some kids that'll be right. They'll raise some kids that'll be good citizens and good church folks. But it's going to take both of them. Amen. I better check and see my time. Oh, I'm almost over. Didn't know it. But I'm saying to you tonight that we've got a lot of things here. God has chosen a man and a woman as a husband and a wife to train, to teach, 
their children. And it takes both to do it. You can't raise a bunch of kids mama's way. And that's all there is to it. And you can't raise their kids by daddy's way and that be all there is to it. Amen. We got a lot of kids in our world tonight. They don't even know who, who their daddy is and don't know where their daddy's at. And daddy hadn't taken responsibility to take care of those young'uns. I'm going to give you a few more things and we'll go. I ain't going to get no, I'll have to, I guess, do a part two on this one. I told you I can't get it all in one. You said, well, you ought to condense it a little bit. I condense it, you'll miss too much. You're missing a lot the way it is. In 1 Timothy chapter number 2. 1 Timothy chapter number 2. We want to go to 1 Timothy chapter number 2. I'm going to read you three or four verses out of this place and we'll go home. 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 4. The Bible said, Who will have all men? All men. Now this is the epistle to the church. This is a church epistle uh, telling us tonight how to operate the church. He said, who will have all men to be what? Saved. I told you earlier that that's number one. And then it said, and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Now it's important for a man in the home to find the truth and stay with the truth. Some women have the truth and the men have nothing to do with the truth. I realize today we got a lot of women that are Christian ladies that are trying to raise a home and there's, I appreciate their, their participation and what they're doing and they're doing the best they can. And they've got a man in the house that's called her, called the husband and called the daddy and he will not take the role to stand up and be counted and say, as for me and my house, like Joshua, we will serve the Lord because he don't know the truth. And I feel sorry for every one of those ladies. I feel sorry for every one of those children. I feel sorry for all those ladies that are trying their best to raise their kids. When the man won't help them. Amen. That ought to make one of you ladies say amen, hallelujah, and three or four more times. Amen. Give God the glory. But look at verse number, let's see, verse number eight of that chapter. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. I believe it's imperative for a man uh, to pray. He's not only to be the leader of the home and uh, be the truth, uh, I mean prophesier or whatever you want to call him, the truth leader of the house, but he is to be the head of the house to pray. I believe the head of the house ought to pray. I believe the family ought to hear the, the daddy praying. I do, I believe. And if you men don't pray and your kids don't hear it, and you done raised your kids, you messed up, but you can start now. Amen. Somebody said, Mama prayed for me. Have you ever noticed the songs that comes out and they talk about how much Mama prayed for them? How come they don't write songs that daddy prayed for me? You know why? Most daddies don't pray. Most men, if they do, they pray silently. Hey, get that junk out of your mind uh, that you got so much pride that you can't humble yourself. God needs men that will pray. Amen. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands Without wrath and doubting. I think that's pretty good preaching. Whether you like it or not tonight, it's still right. Now let's go on down. Verse 13. And I read this last Sunday night. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And then I, I, read, I read verse number 14. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And I told you some things about the women 
on that. We'll not talk about that tonight. One more verse out of the book of 1 Timothy and we'll wind in our sails. It's found in 1 Timothy. I've done told you tonight that the man ought to be the head of the house and take the stand and not be the Lord over the wife and be... Uh, I know women tonight that are scared to death of their husbands. They're scared of their husband. That's a bad marriage. I know some men tonight that are scared of their wives, and that's a bad marriage. Amen. Now, my wife got on the warpath a few times when we was living for 54 and a half years together. And she was, and one time when we first got married, hadn't been married long, then, you know, she didn't like something I had done, and she picked up something. I don't remember what it was. She picked it up. I didn't know she was that good. I was as far as here, Brother Burl, and she said, wham! And it hit me right on the side of the head, right there, and I said, boom! Knock me out. Guess what she done? Done like, Dennis, Dennis, oh, Dennis, Dennis. She didn't really despise me that bad. She's worried she thought she'd kill me. <laughs> you know what I say? We've been through, through some, but as a general rule, I never worried about going to bed at night and her taking my life. And I don't think she had that problem either. You understand what I'm saying? But there's a lot of women I hear say, oh, I'm scared. I don't, I, I don't want to go. My husband's going to oh, be mad at me. And I hear men say, my husband, my wife ain't going to like that. Oh, I, I, I got to get home. I got to get, got to go, got to go. Now that's a bad marriage. Amen. Amen. You'll have a reason to be mad at them every once in a while. And they'll have a reason to be mad at you every once in a while. Amen. Because ain't nobody in here live with you without being that way or their self. Amen. And I'm talking about me at the same time. Uh, sometimes I, I even want to reach around. If I could get my hand all the way around my head, I'd come around and slap myself on the other cheek. Amen. I say, you just acted like an idiot and a fool. Don't you know anybody? I don't. I don't go out bragging about that now, by the way. I don't tell nobody else. I'm just talking to myself. You wasn't there when I've done it, so that's well and good. But I want to say tonight, and you ladies ought to be the same way, you men ought to be the same way, that you regret and have them regrets. Amen. My wife's been gone over two years now, and... uh I wish God had a plan that he could take our wives from us and bring them back in about six, eight months or two years. And they'd walk back into a, a kingdom that they'd never seen before. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love my wife then. I love my wife now. And there's some things I didn't put up with then that I believe I can handle now. I'm telling on myself, ain't I? But I believe tonight you're in the same boat. Would be if you was in the same place I'm at. But notice chapter 5 of 1 Timothy. And I want to look at one more verse of scripture. It said, but if any provide not for his own. And especially for those of his own house. He hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. The man in the house ought to love God, live for God, love his wife, love his children, love the church. Amen. Love the word of God, love Bible study and love and praying. And I believe he ought to be the head of the house. I believe he ought to be the trainer of the house. I believe he ought to take care of business of the house. And I believe he ought to be the breadwinner. Amen. Amen. I believe they say, well, the man, I've heard ladies say, well, my husband just brings home the bacon. Well, that's good. The bacon, the beans, and the butter, and all the money. Amen. That's his job. 
But we're reading out of chapter 5, and this will be something we'll preach on later. And this is the Bible order for the widows. Bible order for the widows. And so I'm going to preach on the Bible order of the widows. Since i got a bunch of them here, I can handle that. So you all, you ladies might think it being preaching to the wives, you're not going, going to get, you know, be included, but I'll get you when we get to the widows. There's a special thing about the widows. You don't hear preachers preach on that. There's an order for the widows. You have to be a widow. I, I believe I read the other day. It said widow indeed. I think it mentioned it two times in that chapter. And we're going to talk about what is a widow indeed. Some of you may be widows, but you're not widow indeed. You might be a widow in need, but you're not a widow indeed. Amen. Don't that sound like fun? Oh, I mean, I'm enjoying all this. Ain't you enjoying being able to dig into some things that God said that you don't hear? We need it. The church needs it. Our lives need it. I'll stop there because I was headed to the book of Genesis and I ain't got time to get there. We'll pick that up later. And I'm going back where God started off with the man and laid it out to him in the forefront before a woman ever got here. God has a rule for man. Well, I take it back. Woman was here. And uh, after the, the sin, what's happened after they sinned? We'll talk about what happened before they sinned. And I ain't got time for it now. I'll just go ahead and close her down and shut it down. And I hope tonight you've got enough in your pipe you can smoke all night. Chew on it. Amen. Just study on this. You know what Paul said? Think on these things. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, thank you tonight for the privilege of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God that's been given to us. We thank you tonight for the challenge of the Word of God that we've experienced from the Word. Help us, Lord, to continue to rightly divide the Word of truth and bring out the truths that needs to be done from the Word of God that we lay it out like it ought to be, and may we accept it. Well, because you said it, it needs to be accepted. It needs to be believed. It needs to be received. And it needs to be practiced. And so I pray tonight, God, you'd help us to practice what we preached. Lord, we'll stand in the gap, make up the hedge for the cause of Christ. Have your own will and way. We commit it to you. We plead the blood over every soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.